everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I have my favorite co-host, co-guest, co-parent. <laughs> Co-everything. Co-everything. Love here. My husband, Steph, thanks for being here. Thanks, darling. So we just hosted a Valentine's Day masterclass on how to call in the love of your life, specifically for women calling in their man, because this was a big pain point in my life and something I'm very passionate about. I'm passionate about helping all people achieve their dreams, their desires, their epic partnership. And I really like to teach from my own personal experience. So as a heterosexual woman who wanted to call in a man, that's where I feel most qualified. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today because this is a pain point that I see with so many of my clients and my following and even friends. I can think of a friend right now who messaged, two friends actually, messaged me in tears that are just like approaching 40 and when will it ever happen and I'm doing everything right and I everybody tells me I'm a great catch and where is he? What's going on? And they have maybe a date or even a relationship that they think is going well or they think could be the one. And then they just end up either ghosted or um, broken up with and or it, it isn't what they thought and are just asking, you know, what's wrong with me? And that is not the right question to ask and will only lead you into a path of self-judgment and a perpetual cycle of trying to fix yourself, which will reinforce the misunderstanding that you're broken. So we want to talk a little bit about how to really call in the love of your life, how to get over past relationships and past patterns in a healthy way so you can have a really aligned partnership. Because I know from personal experience, when you do find someone that you're clear about, like when I found Steph, I guess we found each other is a more appropriate way to say it. And you find someone that you're clear about, you're clear they're your match because you feel so safe and so seen and so loved and so held. There's a, there's something, there's a shift that happens within that creates a freedom that opens up possibilities in your life you could never dream of. And I know that sounds a bit dramatic, but it's true. For me, being in a relationship where I feel really safe and really seen and really loved, and we are very honest about our struggles and our difficulty, and there are times when we want to run away from each other or <laughs> are just really annoyed with each other or you know, frustrated or hurt or whatever. We absolutely have our moments, but we always come back to love and having that kind of partner, someone that always has your back. I know even if we were in the worst fight in the world, and I needed something from Steph or he needed something from me, we would be able to snap out of it and be there for each other no matter what. And we have. Yeah. We, we, we've done that. And I, I resonate. We will continue to do that. Something that you, you shared a moment ago just struck something with me about being broken or feeling broken. Yeah. You know, what's wrong with me? And I see this in so many female clients that I work with. Um, also, you know, in our community, when we're sharing this work, is this, I'm broken, something's wrong with me, and I'm living from that place. Even if you layer on top of that, no, I'm great, no, um, I do all these great things in the world. But underneath that, there's this belief or this sense of self that I'm not worthy. And often we miss the subtle dynamics of relationship. And what that does is when we come from that place and we live from that place, 
it does generally one of two things. Like attracts like. So we're attracting other people that are in low self-worth. We're attracting other people that don't rate themselves. And often when we're coming from insecurity and low self-confidence, what happens? We compensate and we compensate mm -hmm. really hard. Mm -hmm. Or we attract people because we're in that victim mentality of not feeling enough and being enough. So we attract people that are in that perpetrator energy. That are in that energy of needing to control because they're so hurt. Mm -hmm. So they're still you're still attracting hurt people, but it's just a different expression. And you'll find yourself potentially cycling through that. That is so devastating when it comes to deeply yearning for genuine intimacy. Yeah. I think another big issue that I'm writing about in this book that I've been working on for how long? I don't know, six years that I'll probably never finish. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not, that's not true. Uh, well, I was more excited about turning it into a program, but Both. anyway, uh, one of the things that I write about is, and, and I want to get your perspective on this, it seems like, and this isn't a dig on men, you know, I, I really respect men and appreciate men, but it seems like more women are really doing the work, really pursuing the therapy, the personal development work, the spirituality shadow work, the somatic work, all that kind of stuff. And I just find that there are more women really, really ready for a conscious, amazing relationship than there are men. And we can't just say it's biology because, you know, men are meant to be with multiple women and women are more relationship-based because I think that doesn't take into account the uh, just the consciousness level that has shifted how we've grown as, as humans. Like if we just put biology in there as an excuse, then every woman on the planet would still just want to have babies and not have a passion and not have career and all that kind of stuff. And that's just not the nature of woman anymore. Woman is multidimensional. So I'm curious what you would have to say about why there seems to be more women, like really amazing, conscious um, successful in their own right, healthy, doing the work, taking care of themselves. And they seem very, very outnumbered. So, what, did I say that right? They seem outnumbered. What I mean is like, there's more, <laughs> there's more women than there are men. Yeah. 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 So they're, they're, a, um, they're dominant in, in that arena. Mm -hmm. So Let's talk a little bit about men first before I answer that or explore that directly yeah. with you. And P.S., we're making generalizations here. Big time. But these generalizations yeah. do come from us being very immersed in this world and in this field. Yes. So this particular statement or curiosity or exploration that Christine has put forward is really based on our direct and indirect anecdotal experience of this space. It's less empirical studies per se and more anecdotal. And there is some empirical evidence to this as well. So I don't disagree with you that there are a greater volume of women that are more focused on themselves mm -hmm. um, and maybe even in not a selfish way. In a, no, no, in a no. More, Focus yeah. on themselves in a growth-orientated way, wanting mm -hmm. to develop, wanting to grow themselves, expand themselves, break from or break out of undesirable habits and patterns. They want to shift and they want to be surrounded by people that share similar values and they want to be sh surrounded by partnership that shares similar values. So I think there are more women in that space. However, let me come back to men. Something that men thrive, well, 
they're able to thrive when they are acknowledged and they're acknowledged for the sincere efforts they put forward to contribute to the people that they care about and the people that they love, their families, their friends, their communities, etc. When they're also acknowledged for their accolades. And this is less about their fragile egos needing to be, our fragile egos needing to be attuned to, but more to actually this, this evolutionary psychology, biology aspect of being human that says what man's role largely was as we've evolved and how we've gained our self-worth and our identity from these roles. And so when we're not acknowledged, we often start to hide or we become very big and loud but in a very abrasive way. So either way, we're pushing people away. Mm. What I am noticing, though, is we have to be mindful of this old narrative. And I do believe it's an old narrative or it's becoming old where um, women are only doing, and I'm not saying you're saying this because mm-hmm. you're not saying this, but women are only doing the work and men aren't. Because what I am seeing, because I'm in men's work daily, is, and as you know, I have men's movement and I'm joined to various men's movement as mm-hmm. well, that ex- we expand our, our, our reach and connection, is that there are more men willing to explore themselves. And I would say to once how it was, mm-hmm. because once upon a time, meaning in Indigenous cultures thousands of years ago, even in the in the seat of Western civilization, the the reflective man, the man that took time to and care to work on himself, to reflect on his actions and his thoughts, was a man that was an astute man, was a man that was respected and revered. And we've lost touch of that, I think, in this fast-paced society. And there are many reasons why that's happened. It's probably not necessary to go into that now. I, but I just really want to focus on the point of Men are doing their work. Well, you lost me in the first part. <clears throat> so you're, I don't, I don't understand. Can you um, be less smart and break it down for me in terms of what you were saying? <laughs> so men want to be acknowledged and they're not being acknowledged enough. And that's why they're not available for relationship. No, no, not at all. Not at all. The, the, it ties into the last thing that I just said. Okay. So if we look, so if we take the vantage point and the perspective of not, oh, only women are doing the work, well, there's more women doing the work and there's not enough men doing the work, and we take the perspective of, oh, wow, I'm seeing more men do the work, it shifts our perspective, it shifts our relationship to that perspective, we then start to notice more men doing the work so we feel less alone as humans. So women will feel less alone in doing their work and therefore we'll start to acknowledge men that are doing their work mm-hmm. and start to feel maybe more seen, maybe more, maybe even feel safer to approach mm. other men, maybe feel safer to engage in relationships. So even though it may back. be true that more women are out there doing the work, it's important to shift the lens we're looking through and not thinking that we're, there's not enough men in that movement. Because I think that focal point limits us and it becomes negative yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Because then men feel still, men will feel isolated as well. Well, yeah. And I, I think that there's some truth to what I'm saying in terms of it does seem like there are more women relationship-minded and looking for that than men sometimes. And it seems like men don't feel the same urgency of time that women do a lot of the time. Connection and intimacy and a focus on interrelating is also a big aspect of the feminine. And there are many women who embody a, a largely feminine orientation in their world. Yeah. 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 And 
what is, I think, frustrating, at least what was frustrating for me is that I was a woman, I would say with a feminine essence, wanting a man, but I also was multi-passionate in my own life and doing all kinds of amazing things in my life and frustrated that men couldn't seem to do both. They couldn't seem to be relationship-minded and focus on their career at the same time. It's not, it's not, honestly, it's not a skill I think the greater male and masculine collective has mastered yet. Mm. Right. And so I, I think we we are playing catch up in that regard. Yes. Yeah. And that's the point I was getting to. I feel like women are a little bit ahead of and, and are, are leading the work. So I think that they're just more conscious women who are like, I can have this amazing career. I can have this amazing relationship because as little girls, more and more are raised of us were raised with, you can have it all, you can do it all. And so Whereas the way men were raised hasn't been changed as much I agree with that. as the way women have been raised, you know, my generation, the generations near me. If anything, I'd say the way that men have been raised, sorry to interrupt you, is actually harsher because of the missing father figure in the household. Yeah. It's had a, it's had a more of a negative impact on their psychology and on the way that they give and receive love. Well, I think that's been there since the beginning of forever. I, I don't think it's something that's gotten worse over time. I'd have to look. And yeah. what statistics are around that, but I, I feel it has. I, I feel I feel culture and, and cultural values are imprinting differently on us as individuals. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, divorce and separation and just running away and incarceration and a whole bunch of other things is just more accessible. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that back in the day men were super involved either. Well, I don't know. Neither one of us were alive in 1777, so it's hard to say. <laughs> but I, but what the point that I am making here and what I want to say to those women who are listening is if you're feeling this, if you're feeling like, wow, where, where are the guys? Where are the men really doing this work? You go to personal development works, you go to workshops and the women far outnumber the men. And it can be really, really frustrating. But what I'm saying, what Steph is saying too, is they are out there. And for those of you who are at our masterclass or those of you who who have graduated from our Be The Queen program, you've heard me say many times, what's reassuring to remember is you're just looking for one. You're just looking for one. And that's what I had to remind myself of in my dating years is if I wanted a hundred men that that matched my values and the things that were my non-negotiables, that would have been very daunting and, and probably not possible. But I was just looking for one, just one. And it's very, very possible to find that. And we have to believe that what we're looking for is looking for us. But I do think it is the the feminine that often is the um, the beacon to call the man in, even though we all want the masculine to lead and we all want the masculine to woo us and court us and all those kinds of things. It's no fun dating someone and picking where you're going to go on every date and making all the decisions. But I do feel, and this is something that we teach in in our program, Be the Queen, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. I do feel like it is the feminine that really calls in the the masculine. It's like energetically he he hears her. It's sort of like pheromones or the the metaphorical dropping the handkerchief. Energetically, we have to be in a place where we're we're open, we're in our longing, but not our suffering, and we're we're willing to be seen, be loved. Um, all those kinds of things. And we're calling him in from a place of not um, neediness and not definitely not desperation, but from a place of true longing. Do you think there's any truth to that? 
from your perspective? Yeah, a healthy, conscious, masculine man wants to be invited into a woman's space. Right. And it can be very subtle. Very subtle. And from that, and, and from that place, uh, if there is mutual interest and there's attraction, not, and I'm not just speaking to physical attraction, but there's, there's an, a deeper attraction there, he will lead. Yeah. He will, especially if he, if he carries a deeper level of self-awareness. Yeah. And he values intimate relationship and he understands that from a, the thing that makes the world go around or one of the things that makes the world go around are powerful relationships, powerful, intimate, romantic, mm-hmm. sexual partnerships, emotionally connected yeah. partnerships that are willing to go deep, that are willing to repair after conflict, that are willing to play and have fun together and explore together and be challenged together and challenge each other in healthy ways. Yeah. And when two people recognise that, uh, you know, magic really unravels and that man uh, can deeply lead. There's, you know, there's no feminine leadership exists just like masculine leadership exists. Mm-hmm. They just they just show them, present themselves quite differently. I think feminine leadership is a little more subtle, maybe a little more, um, I don't want to say unconscious, but a little more quiet, whereas mm-hmm. masculine leadership can be a little more overt and clear. And so we associate that with, oh, the masculine always leads, the masculine always, always leads. No, the feminine yeah. leads like in our relationship we we lead interchangeably and it's not necessarily your masculine that's leading mm-hmm. it's your feminine that's leading in the way that your feminine leads well I, and i know i energetically drew you in and we won't we won't tell our story again because we've told it on this podcast and you can always go get the masterclass we we taught this week where we tell the story it's christinehauser.com/lovemasterclass but i i know i energetically drew you in and that you felt me energetically because a week before we were introduced you were in a meditation and you felt me that's right you're just like oh I'm ready for my wife. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And before that you weren't. No. And also, like speaking to subtle energetics, uh, you gave permission or an invitation to your friend to talk to me about you. That's all right. I needed. Right. You didn't you didn't say to our friend, tell him to call me. Right. Or right. tell him to contact me. Right. You just said, I'm open if. Yeah, I had strong guidelines. I'm open if he's ready for yeah. a commitment. And, and you, you, to me, I picked up on the subtle cues of the conversation. Yeah, a mutual friend fa- introduced yeah, us. Of the fact right. that you're both speaking about me and mm-hmm. us, I felt into that and I took action. Yeah, yeah. So it was that energetic. So a lot of you may be wondering, okay, how do I energetically broadcast? You know, I'm, I'm writing it down. I'm saying my mantras. I'm... And all those actions are great, but just remember action is often in the domain of the masculine. It's more about feeling. It's more about how you drop into your heart and broadcast your longing, almost like it's a that siren call that's calling out and just draws draws it to you without you having to really do anything. And a man will feel that. Yeah. A man will and a man will search for that. He will, he will look for, whether he, he's aware of it or not, he will look for the feeling, the yearning, the desire, the clarity that resides within that woman. And if it's not there, he won't lead. Mm-hmm. And if he's in his healthy self, he'll be honest, he'll be open, he'll be very transparent and clear in his communication with respect to what he's experiencing. If not, that's when you'll experience ghosting. You'll experience love bombing. Right. You'll experience or d- unclarity or like last minute indes- cancelling or indecisiveness or not knowing where you stand. And that was one distinction I talk about a lot with us is I never had knots in my stomach with you. Like I never was looking at my phone wondering when you were gonna message me. Because you didn't care. 
<laughs> oh no, that's not it. I cared a lot. I, I had butterflies of excitement, but not. But you, there was a sense of safety because there's clear communication, there was integrity, there was consistency, and I just you were really honest, and I knew where I stood with you, and that that creates safety for the feminine to to open up and to lean in and to to will be willing to be vulnerable. But I want to go back because I know I can hear you ladies asking, but how, how, how do I energetically broadcast? How do I do it? So it's a couple things. Number one, it's really being connected to your longing without suffering. And again, this is something I talk about quite frequently and there's really an art to it. And it's just magical in terms of really calling in, for lack of a better word, manifesting what you what you deeply desire. So it's allowing yourself to feel the yearning, allowing yourself to feel the craving. Like for example, I love chocolate and I can feel myself right now just thinking about dark chocolate, some salty dark chocolate. Oh, and if I can feel that longing and that yearning and that craving, but I'm not like, I'm so miserable because I don't have dark chocolate right now. It's I'm in pain. Nice. I'm in pain. I'm I'm such a loser. I, my life would just be so much better if I had dark chocolate. Everything would be okay. Because if I do that, then I'm suffering. So I can have the longing and I can get excited about it and I can have the craving, but there's no suffering. So that's that's the key thing energetically. The other thing is to act as if it's here and be an incredible partner to yourself. Like if you're an incredible lover and partner and best friend to yourself, you're going to be, again, you're going to energetically be broadcasting that this is the way I do relationship. Because often the way we do relationship inside of us is a direct correlation to the way we do relationship outside of us. It's either exactly the same or it's a bit of a projection. Meaning if I'm really withholding of love of myself, I might be avoidant and withholding of love with others. Or it could be, again, the projection, the opposite. If I'm a super like inner critic, you know, not very good to myself, don't do self-care, I might be a people pleaser and rescuer of someone else. So it's the opposite there. So we want to be a really amazing, amazing partner to ourself. And then finally, we want to be in our femininity and be in our sensuality, get out of our head. Too many women I see are trying to make love happen. They're trying to think and plan and force it and force meeting someone. And instead of truly surrendering and trusting, they're questioning, why hasn't it happened? What am I doing wrong? What else does, do I need to do? Where do I need to move? What do I need to read? Who do I need to ask? So on and so forth. And that's not trust. If you're questioning why it hasn't happened, where he is, all those kinds of things. You're not trusting it's actually there. Let's give another metaphor. When I go to a restaurant and I place my order, I don't sit there and say to Steph, where'd the waiter go? Did, did he get my order? Did he write it down? Did he pass it on to the cook? Is the cook there? Does he have the ingredients? Is my food going to come out? Is it going to taste okay? Is it going to come to the table warm? Am I going to have silverware to eat it? No. I, I place my order I put it out there and I trust that it's coming you back. The food gods to take over. <laughs> the food gods. That'd be a good job. I want to be a food god. That sounds really good. Um, so in summary, it's the suffering without the longing. It's the being the best partner to yourself 
It's not going into something, not believing something is is wrong with you and not questioning it, really surrendering into that trust and being in your femininity and your sensuality, getting out of your head, doing things that feel pleasurable to you, doing things that make you feel relaxed in your feminine. You know, people ask me a lot of times, how do I get more in touch with my feminine? I say, I don't know, because I don't know how your feminine likes to express. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes of a lot of the teaching of masculine and feminine out there. It's whoever, whoever's teaching it is teaching their way or the research they've studied versus really empowering whoever's in front of them to go, why don't you actually investigate how the feminine expresses in you? Because the feminine expresses in me much different than it does other women that I can look at. And I can look at some women who may be super sexy and sensual and feminine and, and try to be like them, but that may not be the way the feminine wants to express through me. So we've got to take off our protective layers, our protective masks. So many women are told, oh, you're too masculine. No, that's inaccurate. You're not too masculine. You have just had to adapt to a world that is more dominated by masculine energy. And you've been hurt a lot of times. So you have armor on and you have protective masks that make you appear more masculine because you're, you're, that kind of more masculine energy has had to protect you. But it's not that you're too much in your masculine. In fact, you're so much in your feminine that you need that armor, that more masculine protection to protect you. But as you do the work to drop into your feminine, and this is something we dive deep into into our Be the Queen course, which again, we'll talk about, you, you don't have to have the masculine in front anymore. You actually feel safe enough to let your feminine emerge and lead and your masculine just stands beside you or behind you and takes your hand or has your back when you need it but it doesn't have to protect you because you feel so safe and secure in your feminine. You reveal the truth of who you actually are, which yes. is a lot easier to play out and be in the world and requires far less energy, far less wearing masks. And so the truth of who you are is presented to the world. And guess what happens when you present your truth to the world? You attract truth that resonates with that. Yeah. And as a result of that, you'll stop or cease to engage in relationships that really don't serve you and that are harmful for you. Yeah. And I do want to give some tangible tips too. One of the biggest ones is act as if he's already here. Talk to him empty. I know this sounds funny. This is one of the, this is a bit of trite advice you've heard in a lot of dating books. Make space in your home for him, whatever that looks like. Um, set an extra place at your dinner table. But I think the biggest thing that really worked for me is I, I talked to you before I even met you. I'd have conversations in my car. I'd, I, w I lived in Encinitas at the time that I was really calling you in. And I would go for walks on the beach and I would just put my headphones in so people thought I was on a phone call. And I would talk to you about my day and like whatever was happening. And that's the great thing about headphones these days is you can just talk and people don't think you're crazy. Um, so act as if, really act as if it's already there because that's a part of energetically drawing it in and talk about it. When people ask me, I, I, I would get annoyed when people would ask me, so are you dating anyone? I hated that question. Um, and then, then I'd say no and they'd be like, oh, why not? You're such a catch. And I'd be like, that doesn't make me feel any better at, at all because then it would make me think that they're thinking, hmm, something must be deeply wrong with her because she appears to be such a catch, but she's still so, 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 so painfully single. So there must be like some crazy in there, some deep, dark secret or something just wrong with this girl. So I was like, I just am going to own the fact that I'm calling in a relationship and I'm going to see if I can flip the script on getting this question asked. And so when people would ask me how I was doing, I would just lead with, 
oh, I'm great. And they'd say, well, what are you up to these days? I said, I'm up to calling in my future husband. That's what I'm up to. That's what I'm really passionate about. I know what's happening this year. And when they say, are you dating anyone? I say, well, not yet, but I know it's coming. Or I am, I just don't know who he is yet. But energetically, we're connected. I would just find ways to answer the questions that one, would shut people up, or two, actually inspire them to go, hey, you know, I think I might know someone. And before we continue, I just want to briefly pause and thank my sponsor for this episode, Organifi. You know them. You know I love them. I'm really into their green juice and their gold drink. I love to have it with my macadamia nut milk. That's my newest craving and sensation. Sensation? Obsession. (laughs) I have no idea why I mince those two words. Anyway, you can get 20% off all your Organifi orders when you go to Organifi.com slash over it. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash over it, or use promo code over it and check out. And that is for any order, not just your first order, any order. So you can reorder, restock, maybe get some of their immunity, their red juice, all their stuff is really good. And you know, the quality is great too. Again, Organifi.com slash over it, promo code over it for 20% off. All right, so I just went over some of my tips. What's your number one tip for women who are in that phase where they really want to call in an epic relationship? You've got to love life. So you've got to do the things that you enjoy. Go, if you like bowling, go do bowling. <laughs> if you like salsa dancing, go salsa dance. If you like traveling, traveling spending time in the ocean, climbing mountains, do the things you enjoy. You like going to the gym, go to the gym. Do the things you love. Live your life. And people of similar values will congregate around those experiences. But you've got to be enjoying your life. If you're not enjoying your life, it's going to be difficult to attract any form of real love. Yeah. And ditch dating advice. I remember people telling me when I was nomadic and moving all around and people would say, if you don't if you don't live, be in one spot, how are you ever going to date? How are you going to ever have a relationship? And I met you when I was didn't have a home. I was Airbnb and I was traveling all around, but I was really loving my life and living my life, which brings me to- An appreciative Yes, appreciative, which brings me to the last thing we'll talk about, which is you've got to ditch a lot of the really, pardon my French, shitty dating advice you've been given from professionals, from Instagram, from your friends, from your parents, from no, your mother. No, you should keep Instagram's advice. Just your account. Just your account. <laughs> <laughs> no, Instagram knows. Instagram knows. Yeah, really oh my well. gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> ditch, ditch the advice. If you've ever been given advice and you're, you're like, oh, I don't really want to do that. It's not good advice. I remember people would tell me, you shouldn't really talk so much about your spirituality or you shouldn't really talk so much about your business. Like go on a date and ask man a lot of questions. I'd be like, oh, okay. And I believed them because I was having such crickets when it came to dating or just such terrible dates, terrible dates. I remember this one date where this guy was, I was on a date with, got so drunk, stuck me with the bill. And he was out in the parking lot arguing with someone. And I was just trying to get my car from ballet because one of my dating guidelines was I always met somebody on the first date. And oh, I was so embarrassed because this woman was standing there and she came up to me. She's like, are you Christine Hassler? I was like, no, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> this drunken guy kept trying to talk to me. And she's like, I read your book and I thought it was so helpful and so inspiring after your divorce. And here I was on a really terrible date with a drunk loser who kept trying to get in my car. The valet guy had to pull him out. It was just awful. I was humilified. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a poster child for expectations. <laughs> 
vacation hangover and really getting over it right now. Anyway, I'd been on so many bad dates. I fell for some of the bad dating advice and found myself dimming my light and not being me. So my number one tip is be you, be authentic. Because if you try to get someone's attention or date someone by pretending or wearing a mask or saying you like things that you don't or you don't like things that you do and not talking about things that matter to you, it's not going to be an authentic relationship. Be you. You're not too much. You're not not enough. You're perfect exactly the way you are. And this is one of the many things I will just say over and over and over again, if you join us for a Be The Queen program, which now it's time to talk about what the program is. We are so passionate about this program. Every time we do the first and last call of one of our Be The Queen programs, we cry. Not necessarily <laughs> on camera in front of everyone, but we do because we're just so grateful and so moved. So Be The Queen was came out of my journey to calling stuff in. Everything I teach in this program, I have done. And it's about a 16-week live program. We teach it live. There is an evergreen option, pre-recorded videos where you don't get the live coaching aspect. But if you want to join us and do it live, we do it once every year and a half or so. And the calls are about 90 minutes to two hours. We alternate time zones. So no matter where in the world you are, you can, you can join us for some of the calls. We teach curriculum together. We teach it together. So you get the masculine perspective and you really get the experience of being held by a healthy couple healthy, conscious couple that's in love. And for many women who've gone through the program, it's been transformational to have a man really hold them in that sacred, vulnerable space. So you get the calls with us, you get love work, you get an amazing sisterhood of like-minded women who are similar in your vision and values. You get tons of bonuses, like my get over your breakup course, my calling in your king ebook, and a one-day live retreat with us October 12th in San Diego at no extra charge. It's part of the program. That's only part of the live program, not the evergreen. Yeah, part of the live. If you join us live and, and, and you get forever access to, once you graduate, once a month, 90-minute coaching calls with us. So I get on every month, me or Steph or both of us get on and we do um, coaching calls with graduates. And it's really been awesome because we've had women, you know, we've had about thousand women go through the program and grads from 2019 all the way up through now 2023 will be on those calls. So we keep the support going. It's not like you graduate from the program and then you're just done. You, you come to our one day retreat if you can make it. And if you can't make the one retreat this year, your ticket never expires. You can come to the next year. We hold it. And you get that ongoing support. We cover so much in this program how to get over your past, really get over it and let it go. Everything from dad to exes, how to really tend to that little one inside of you, how to tap into your more feminine energy, how to find your sexual energy, your sexual expression, whatever that is for you. And of course, the nitty gritty dating stuff and so much more. So much more. Oh my gosh, so much more. Program. It's such a- It's such a beautiful container and it's not, yes, you know, we've created, we've co-created this, but really the co-creation is in every single participant, every single is. woman that goes through this and just the- energy that is infused in that group, in that cohort, it's just so special. It really is. Yeah, it really is. And, and we start on my birthday. Oh, yes. We yeah. start on your birthday officially, but if you join yes. early, you get a free bonus call February 21st, That's which right. is coming up this coming week. If you don't make it by February 21st or even February 28th, you can still join us because you can just hop into the recordings and that's that's fine. And everybody gets coached because the way the calls are and how many calls there are, there's an opportunity for everybody to come on and receive coaching from us. So we love this program. About over half of our grads are in relationship right now, which is just... Mm -hmm. 
awesome. Um, I just had one of our grads texting me about her baby today. She was from our first cohort. So we really have a great success rate. And people that aren't in a relationship are having better dating experience and just have a much better relationship with themselves. So we know this works. I know it works because the man sitting next to me is evidence of that. And I spent a decade single and dating really unsuccessfully. And I found what works. And it didn't just work for me because I've seen since we started doing this program in 2019, woman after woman after woman go through this program and have a transformational experience if they do the work. So it's christinehassler.com slash be the queen. Come join us. We'd love to have you there. Yeah. And I'll just say one more thing. If 2023 is an interesting year from what my feelers are sensing. And as if the last ones haven't been. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, that's right. And that's what I'm getting to. So you remember the last couple of years has been really hard for mm-hmm. dating, really difficult mm-hmm. um, with lockdowns and, and people just a little apprehensive and yeah. there's been some trepidation and just really it, it's brought up a lot of stuff. And so if you're committed to 2023 being your year, the year for you where you come back into yourself in a fuller way, then this is an amazing program and an amazing journey and container to kick off this year and set you up for so much success and so much love and so much abundance and compassion and connection and intimacy and all the things that you're craving and yearning for, lean in. Yeah. Bring your faith back. Bring your belief back. Bring fun back to dating. Finally get over that X that you just can't seem to get over. Open your heart. Know it's safe to love and trust again. And borrow our belief until yours gets stronger because we hold you. We hold you Mm. so strongly in this container. We just love you up until you find the love of your life. ChristineHassler.com slash be the queen. We'll see you there. Until next time, everybody. 